Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of The Rosé Room. I'm your host, Taylor. And I'm your host, Cashton. And we are so excited to have you guys back. Um, We've been doing so well with the feedback from our last couple of uh, podcasts, which I'm actually impressed about. I was concerned no one was going to like the finance side. Yeah, thank you guys so much for giving us feedback for really enjoying our topics and actually listening. Um, Today's topic is a little bit more of a love, yeah. I'm not going to say love story, but it's a little bit more of a love topic. But I think that we're, we're going to pepper in some financial information in there as well. We just have because. not talked about relationships, so Cash mm-hmm. and I have really tried to be a little bit more well-balanced with the choices that we're making in topics. I think, you know, love, millennial lifestyles, a lot of things. So finance has been a big feedback, good portion. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have other things that we haven't touched on. So we want to do, you know, romantic relationships, relationships with your family, like having some of the discussions, you know, about our relationships in life, I think is important. Yeah. It's been a while since we did, I think we did one episode season one of, it was Rose relationships. And oh, we were yeah. talking about that, but that was like well, at least a year ago, maybe yeah, a year ago, if not right on the nose. So, you know, a lot's changed in a year. I'm okay with it. Yeah, we love to see it. So we'll be chatting a lot today about love languages and how it is, like, what it's like to communicate with a partner who has two very different communication styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Taylor and I um, face this with our own partners, not in a bad way. No, but everybody's you know, different. Yeah, I think it's um, very interesting. So we'll be talking about that. Uh, on this week's episode yes but as promised we also are going to bring you a black history month story as we will continue to do for the rest of the month um i love this one yeah it's as somebody who got the second dose of the vaccine today i feel like it's it's uh top of mind for me (laughs) yes and if you haven't gotten your vaccine and you are in an allowable group we definitely recommend that you do so um we are not anti-vacciners around here unfortunately (laughs) um but if you are scared or anything like that you know make sure you're doing your research but today i'm excited about this particular thing so yeah tell us what we got so we'll talk about inoculation and how it was introduced in the united states and you know a lot of people have a lot of their opinions about vaccines um but not a lot of people know the history of them and I think you'll find it very interesting that uh, inoculation in general was introduced by a slave. Uh, and inoculation also for people with non-medical vocabulary vernaculars or like don't know it means vaccines mm-hmm. so basically like the concepts of uh, and not just this vaccine I don't know if you know but a lot of people didn't know that they've been vaccinated at birth so if you didn't know <laughs> like you do get a vaccine when you're born most of the time mm-hmm. unless your parents elect otherwise some states don't allow it so um, yes inoculation is vaccination mm-hmm. uh, in alternate words and today we are excited to share the story about how that came so who who and we I know that this name is difficult. Oh. Oh, so you guys, if you know how to pronounce this name, and I'm just doing it no justice, like, don't tell me I already know. Um, but the story is about Onesimus, who was an African slave. He was born in the late 17th century before eventually landing in Boston. Um, he was one of a thousand, uh, thousands of people from African descent living in Massachusetts at this time. Um, he was actually a gift to the Puritan church minister Cotton Mather from his congregation in 1706. If that name sounds familiar to you, Cotton Mather was one of the very, he was one at the center of the witch trials actually. So, um, funny. Can't, I I can't say that all the history with that person's been delightful, but correct. 
out of control. Anyways, um, so if you know anything about the 1700s, you know that it wasn't not it for uh, the medical community. Yeah, and it wasn't it for black people either. Uh, yeah. So black people and doctors or were witches. Doing well. or, yeah, you couldn't be a witch, a doctor, or a black person. No, it, it's tough. And honestly, those are the only things you want to be these days. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, so as the community in Boston, uh, they were facing a lot of issues with plagues. They would move uh, from town to town. They they weren't really sure what to do at this point. Um, and Onesimus actually had told Cotton Mather about the centuries old tradition in Africa of inoculation. Um, this was a huge protest throughout their community. People thought it was the devil's work. They definitely did not want to trust uh, the word of a slave. They thought that uh, taking that word from a slave would uh, actually Caramel. eradicate yeah, the white population. And so there's a lot of speculation about it. But oddly enough, the man who believed so much in um, witch trials happen to also uh, really believe, believe this man. Yeah. <laughs> Get you a man who can do both. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know what? He decided, uh, this actually, they were addressing smallpox, so they had elected for Onesimus, his young son, I think was an infant at the time, Cotton Mather and his family, they volunteered to do it, and after it was successful, it became commonplace and widespread and encouraged throughout the rest of the country. And so, interestingly, I know something about the smallpox vaccine. That wasn't changed very much. Um, until like recently, I don't know if you have like if you have a parent who's a baby boomer, they have these like marks on their arm usually, like their right arm, and you can actually tell when someone's gotten a, a, a smallpox vaccine based on their arm. So like they've just been updating this in the last ten years. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. will. It so basically him introducing a very commonplace tradition in Africa um, that was then used to inoculate American soldiers during the Revolutionary War, and then. Um, a broader sense was a sense was to introduce that to the rest of the population. So thank God, thank we you. Appreciate you and all of your hard work because now we get to live plague free. Yeah. And really, it's important to think about this because, like, like you basically we get to live plague free, girl. Thank well, you. Well, until this year, yeah. <laughs> uh, because what what it was interesting that you said they moved from town to town. Could you just imagine like getting news of coronavirus and then being like, by the way, you're gonna lose your job, but you have to move. Pick up and everything and move and try again. You don't die while doing it. So I'm like, I feel very fortunate. And I know, like, so many people have been like, oh, vaccines, maybe it's like witch trials all over again. Yeah. Um, I, I think, like, thank goodness for medicine and thank goodness I didn't have to move to a new state to be dirty again. Oh, I mean, we wouldn't even be alive this long if it weren't for vaccines. And that is the truth. So, you know. So thank you so much. Thank we, you. Can you imagine being the slave community and coming to America and watching all these people? Crucify people or witches, and they're like, um, yeah. "Have you heard of vaccines? We've been doing this for a couple centuries." Yes, I have. It's kind of like going to Kentucky right now. Um, but I'm just kidding. I'm being, I'm being ill in taste. But I, I do think a lot, a huge portion of people hate their anti medicine. Mm-hmm. One, it's things that you don't understand. Two, it's also been a common place with government to be messing with these things and not having the best results. So, mm-hmm. yes, I can understand that. But you know, slavery did have. Uh, some of its advantages of having growth of community like Mm -hmm. africa is a much older community than here so thank goodness they brought something amazing and we get to use it today and thank goodness people were listened to and strove for that and they tried yeah and that's your black history factoid before we dive into today's topic which i'm sure taylor is just like um i'm okay with it i have a (laughs) i have a different I, i love my husband so much everybody knows this like I was laughing with Aviva the other day, who was our trainer, and saying, like, yeah, I basically, like, don't, couldn't ever imagine, like, Dean 
not being married to me. But when we did this topic of conversation, Cash and I were already talking about this today, and I was like, maybe he would. Like, maybe American <laughs> people are just so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, to start off the love language, Cash, mm-hmm. do you know the five languages of love? I do, but not off the top of my head. Oh, okay. Well, but I'll did you ever you. take the test? Yes. Okay, did and Dean I take the, the test? Forced to. He didn't take the test. I read him the test and asked for his answers. So, no. He took the, he took no, the test but yes, by proxy. Exactly. Got by it, okay. by force. Got it. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, if you've read the book, there is a book called The Five Languages of Love. I think it's important for everybody to read. Um, mainly, if not even if you're looking for a mate, because these types of, like, love languages also rear their heads within other relationships, like families, um, you know, friendships, all those types of things. It gives you a better understanding of your emotional intelligence and how to communicate with other people when you're dealing with, you know, high emotion situations. Another really great book, Emotional Intelligence. Loved that book. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just all about making sure that you do the research to kind of figure out how you can communicate a little bit more effectively. Um, I know that I... So you... In this, to make this simple, you have a, a love language which you show people you love them and a love language which you receive love. So it's like a give and a receive type of things. And um, a lot of them are different. Like I will tell you right now. Okay, well, well let's read the top five. So there's acts of service is one of them. Gifts. Gifts. Giving, <laughs> yep. Words this, of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Quality time. What's the fifth? I don't know. Wait, hold on. Let me see. I think it's touch. It's physical touch. Oh, yeah. That was my physical last touch. one. Oh, I was yeah. like, That's no, a, I'm good. That's the least-y just... favorite. Oof. Um, <laughs> we're so funny. I'm like, yeah, please don't. Please don't. No. Um, which is interesting because this is the dichotomy. So the way that you show love is different than the way you can receive it. So I know out of those five, I am I show love with acts of service. Like I always do stuff for people. That is always how I show love. And then my receipt type of love, like how I like to give give love back is words of affirmation. Like I love when people tell me how much they love me. I love all of that so much. So, and I struggle with this because when I took the test, it was like my receiving love was like on the hair. Like I was the cusp of acts of service receiving and um, yeah. That. So I'm like, yeah, I was trying to good. find mine. I took my test a while ago. Um, Do you remember what you are? Yeah. Mine was, um, words of affirmation and quality time. So you do like quality time with people like how is it giving or receiving which one um so i don't remember it was how do i like to receive it and, what and is that? so um it was quality time and okay. words of affirmation and then at the very last was gifts and then acts of service and physical touch so yeah. like you just don't need to be around you just need to be committing with your words and saying like truth i guess <laughs> the way that i kind of read that which i thought was interesting but it was pretty on par with the time, I feel like. But yeah. now, I wasn't even in a relationship then, so. And I think that that's how, I'll tell you, even then, the dichotomy of our relationship, like, as a work, you're my work wife, and so I'm like, it's interesting, because I know what's important to you, and, like, I really had to, like, learn, like, Cashin is very specific about me giving her my time. Like, if I don't do my job, Cashin's like, excuse me, hello, we own a business, are you working here, hello? <laughs> um, and then, you know, for me, it's always about what you guys say to me is how much we love to work here, how much it's fabulous to work here, <laughs> how much we're doing a great job because it, this is hard. So I think like um, the love languages in our relationship have been so helpful because I do know what's important to you. Um, and that like that's why I was saying at the beginning of this, this has nothing actually to do with 
a romantic partner mm-hmm. more than it is like learning how to show and receive those types of affirmations or those types of like languages um, which brings me to what who's your, what's your partner what's David so I don't know what David is I don't know that he's ever taken it or if he did he didn't share his results because I think this was this came out so many years ago oh, so um, long. yeah it's old. yeah and so we've been together for almost three years now so um but I know that he's familiar wow, with the material time apple. I told somebody who've been with David for a year <laughs> Sorry, David. I didn't mean to diminish your relationship. And the crazy part is, I have been seeing David more than like the entire time I've known. You know, David has been him dating Cashton, and I guess Wait, it has been three years. It'll be it's three crazy. years. Oh my god, Josh's May. baby's almost two. We have a friend named Josh, and he used to be around the same time. He was the bartender on you and David's first date. Mm-hmm. And yeah, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. I can't believe it. Yeah, three years in May officially. Um, it'll be three years on our first date. At the end of this month. That's amazing. Yeah. I, hey, I can't believe he's here. Um, <laughs> it's really interesting because um, I am somebody who has a very different personality than my partner. Mm-hmm. And so do you, mm-hmm. I feel like. I think you and Dean. Um, Complete opposites. Yeah. In a way, like, I think your personalities as far as, like, being very, like, engaged in what you're doing and being very, like, specific about it is similar. But I think the way in which you, like go about that is completely <clears throat> different yeah and mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing because david and i are very different completely all the really? time okay so, so so you feel like like yes dean and i are both as equally crazy as one another so it is like <laughs> a good crazy. In tandem i think it's just passion like if you guys are laser focused on something it's very type a yes right like david is not a type a person and so like even if he's passionate about something, it's very, like, neutral. It's not um, over the top. Like, for me, I'm, like, not only if I'm asking you to do something, I'm asking to have it done within the couple of minutes mm-hmm. of the request. Seconds. Done. <laughs> it's, been, it's really a request for now. Just know that forever. Um, but, like, if I'm looking for an opinion, I'm, like, I'm looking for decisiveness, it's not a I'll circle back type of thing. Uh, David's more go with the flow. And this is a great quality, by the way. It's it's actually something I've learned a lot from him is to be more mindful when decision-making yeah. because I'm so used to doing things really quickly. And he takes his time and he considers things. And he's very um, – we just have two very different levels of urgency. How have you had to learn how to accommodate that? Because I think that can be like – Oh my God, knowing you, I know how frustrating that can be. So like when David is just like, okay, I'm going to take out the trash in 17 minutes. And you're like, no, no, no. I said this to you now for now. Like how have you had to adjust your own perception of like timeliness? Because Cashin loves to be on time just in um, case well, no and one I got things, that. I like things being done quickly. Um, and and correctly. <laughs> the first time. But okay, to be fair, I... um. I also realize that you can get to the same conclusion and not having to be so urgent. And so David um, really forced me, I think not in even like acts of service, that type of way, but just with our relationship, like we're both at the same conclusion that we love each other and we want to have a future. Our avenues were different and mine was just so crazy internally, just like, does this guy like me? Am I ever going to hear from him again? Of like, course. Just being a, a nut, like, you know, inwardly. But, and you know, that's mm-hmm. a whole other topic of being conditioned to feel that way in your life, like, yeah. as a woman. But I do can completely, like, this is why I could not imagine dating right now. Like, am oh. I fat? Am I ugly? Am I oh. funny? Am I not? and to tell, so if anybody has, is new to this podcast and doesn't know Taylor's background, we'll just give you a quick rundown. I've never dated anybody but Dean. Yeah. Is that what we're telling you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the embarrassing story of my life hey, is listen, I've never my, had another boyfriend. The book I'm reading now, 
of the Morning Toast uh, co-host. She's okay. never dated anyone other than her husband as well. Claudia? Yeah. Oh, really? I'm Married saying, her yeah, Jewish, a Jewish husband. A, a Jewish people it. are like, don't get in relationships She's like, I wish people. I would have met him sooner. They got married at 23. Goodbye. Yeah, I was married at 23. I got married at 23 to Dean. Um, I'm 30 now. So we've been married seven years. Um, it'll be eight at the end of this year. Um, and I really enjoy it because Dean has tested me in every way. Um, and and I say that with the most love in my heart. And the reason I say this is because I did not grow up with siblings, like, in my home. Like, my siblings are much older than me. So, like, my siblings didn't – my siblings were already at college when I was born. So I feel like I never, like, had to learn how to share. Sometimes I don't think Dean did either. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I have never had the, the constant concept of living with another person or sharing my stuff or, like, you know, someone in your stuff. Like, that was new for me. Like, he's in – like – in my stuff and, and I'm your like what's happening what's oh happening? my skin like the meltdowns of life have been over like shampoo because mm-hmm. I'm like you don't use purple shampoo like on your beautiful curly dark hair please stop using my extremely expensive Pravana purple shampoo and he's like it smells so good and I'm like if you touch this I will chop off both of your hands again like please stop so you know and then and then learning how to like grow up with someone was definitely hard too. I think like that's been the hard thing is like you're, I don't know if you know, but a lot of 23 year olds are an absolute disaster. Uh, me included, I was a disaster and just like growing up out of that phase and then being married and having to be a good wife and a good participant. It's like, that's why I've been tested in every single way. Like, well, I think it's interesting to point out too, that, um, you trying to navigate through a traditional role as a wife yeah really contradicts in my opinion your per- your core personality oh, yeah. because i think you're like yeah i'm trying to do the best but i'm like um mm-hmm. you know, taylor wants to be in a hammock on like in mexico having tequila and just like not trying to deal with anybody no yes. kids dean yes. when you're only on your, your best behavior and then i can like hang out with yeah. you <laughs> yes I, I know and that was like it's called the deferment attitude actually it's very interesting because i was reading a book on blinkist i know i talk about that all the time but there was like this thing about the four hour work week and I was like, oh, you know, like that's the that's my life. Like that's how I am, like naturally. Like I'm a four hour wife, I'm a four hour work week, I'm a four hour lady. Um, but the reality is is that I'm really probably giving like 150 hours to that. So I'm like, um, I think my work ethic has been a really good thing in our relationship and a really bad thing. I the sad news is I haven't had as much fun as I feel like I should have had. Um, Dean and I with the transition from America, because we did play 90 Day Fiance for first because Dean is from England if you don't know Uh, Mm -hmm. yes and that was like a whole thing and then I'm also teaching somebody how to come from a um a more negative culture I never really knew that people from England have a different perception on life like their language is different a lot of things are different um but even down to how they view things like money debt uh home owning vacation you know they're taking five six weeks off at a time I could not envision a five-week vacation from you. Well, we also don't have a culture where we support that type of behavior. Precisely. So this is where love language is. Unless you're a millionaire and then everyone's like, yeah, oh my God, that's so fun. And then it's like, what the heck? Even then, I think like you cap out. Because like if I was a millionaire and I paid $10,000 for vacation, I still would be absolutely pooping my pants if I didn't have... No, I know. But if you're Elon Musk, everyone's like, everyone is like so happy that you're doing that. No one's like, wow, we better get back to work. But if everybody, like if I do that, everyone's like... Three days, you're really taking off three days. Do you know, know what I mean? Interesting. Um, Elon was actually saying how he finds it really hard to take off time, but I feel like he's rebellious because he'll like smoke weed online or something. He'll like be like bad and <laughs> he found he naughty. finds other ways to escape. Yeah, he'll be like naughty in like his own little rebellious way because he has a public company, mm-hmm. and I think that's been like a huge thing to kind of like work through to your career mm-hmm. um, because 
when I, when we started DR, we worked every single day, you guys, seven days a week for two years almost. Um, and then when you have a partner and you're like, oh, I'm a fabulous career woman and I'm living my dream and all of that. And then your husband's like, hi, hello. Remember me? Like we got married seven years ago and like, you have to like make me dinner because you love me. Um, and I had to learn how to find the joy in being a wife. Because no one ever told me, like, that's not going to be the most Fulfilling. exciting experience of your life. Because I wasn't doing my own laundry. I wasn't cooking myself dinner every day. And then this person's over here like, hello. Um, so, and, and not <laughs> not like he doesn't do anything. But, like, my husband has a very intense job. So, I'm like, he would work 15 hours a day. And I just, like, wouldn't mentally be present. And that was a problem. So, reading the love language book allowed me to understand that. Uh, my husband's meld of them all is he likes, he shows love by quality time. Mm-hmm. So he's always going to want to spend every waking moment of the day with me because we're best friends. Um, and I love that. Like, that is one thing about my relationship I truly love. The bad thing is, is that he receives loves with huggies, like how much I hug him. So he probably never feels loved because I was also, my dad is like, remember at the bottom, oh my God, pop. It, I know you're going to be Thumbic. listening at some point. My, we just were not a, a huggy household. Absolutely not. And even to this day, yeah. I'm like, you know how I am with like people to, like touching me or being overly affectionate. I'm like, please surround. So the good news is Dean has now kind of pivoted his expectations of our love into me doing acts of service. It's like, you know, he doesn't eat. Oh my goodness. And the funny thing is the, the craziest part about this is breakfast for me is so the bane of my existence. Dean does not eat any breakfast food. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't eat eggs. He doesn't eat avocados. He doesn't eat most toast. So like me making breakfast for my husband is like, so mentally difficult because he eats nothing that we eat so I'm like making Dean that but I had to like learn like oh me doing this for him is like me showing that I'm going out of my ever-loving way today to make sure he ate breakfast and I think that was like a big thing like showing that act or 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 telling your partner like hey I'm not great at physical like Mm -hmm. holding hands like I came from a very religious household where my dad was afraid of germs and my mom was afraid of God so like I just (laughs) didn't you know what I mean like the my mom will even tell you I'm not a huggy baby and I'm like telling your partner like it's not that I don't love you it's just like it never occurred to me to hold your hand I'm sorry like I love you but it's just not so being communicative has helped us so much so so much I don't know like what's a hurdle that you and like David has really had to like either adjust to you or you adjust to David um I think that it really goes I think that because I have dated, you know, I think you and Dean were able to like, or at least you were able to meet Dean with like somewhat of a fresh slate. Like you didn't come with like a lot of like trauma or baggage from like other people that you that <laughs> you're like you are not scarred before this experience damaged goods correct um yeah so I think dating um was something that I really like to do but I but dating aside like even if it wasn't serious I think I just really enjoy meeting people like I enjoy like getting to know people and I love stories and even if they're just like for moments in time like little like flings or even just like acquaintances like just I love meeting people and so dating for me was just a very natural thing that I wanted to do. I'm like, yeah, I'll go on a date with you. And, you know, so I have a lot of dating stories that are like, if they're just first dates and they're like horrible or like boys that really like hurt your feelings. And like, you know, a lot of that really stays with you. Yeah, they're brutal. Mm-hmm. And I met David at a time where um, the person I had been seeing before him had passed away really suddenly. And it was really fresh and it was really scary. And it was... Um, it's always very humbling when something like that happens to you at this age because it's not something you expect. It's not something you're taught to expect, and it's very um, sobering. And so to meet somebody also like David, who doesn't necessarily have a lot of the same life experience, um, didn't have the same set of insecurities. And so to rectify my insecurities, I had a certain set of expectations that 
men do. I'm like, you're supposed to tell me I'm pretty every day. Isn't that why I'm getting ready? And David does not do that. David is not phased, honey. He's not trying to tell anybody anything. He goes, what? Do you think I'm dating you because I think you're ugly? He's like, also, do you think, like, I'm dating you because your eyeliner's perfect? Yeah. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, like, so annoying because I'm like, okay, you know, so having to, because words of affirmation are important to me, that wasn't important to him. And so also having to temper my expectations of, like, just because he doesn't say those things doesn't mean that he doesn't mean them. And David was showing up for me time and time again in a really consistent way that I was not only not used to, but I don't even know that I was really prepared for. I didn't know that good guys really were around. And I definitely didn't think good guys were going to find me. Oh my God, it's crazy you say that because I think you just highlighted something I read recently. And this, I was listening to this podcast and this very interesting, next time we have this, I'll I'll like look at who it is, but I was listening and there's hallmarks in a relationship versus landmarks and hallmarks are what that are on the card of hallmark. And like, they tell you like, you know, like a man should tell you you're beautiful. Like a man should tell you open your door for you. Like all these traditional values of a man. And then, you know, you're saying like the landmark was that he showed up for me every day. The landmark mm-hmm. is when coronavirus happened, he's like, let's move it. You know, yeah. the landmarks were there. And I think that's important too, because if, you can see that someone loves you in a different way than you're what you generally think, what you think it should look like exactly yeah. and that was really um something that took a lot of time because um i think even getting i was also used to being like the better half in a relationship like being with people who weren't necessarily like the most healthy for yeah, me the non-toxic um, one yeah <laughs> um having to kind of really be uh, looking at myself and how I view the world and really tempering that to have a very mature and healthy relationship with somebody who didn't necessarily express their the way that they felt even though it matched mine in the same way that I did and having to really understand like okay like this person makes he surprises me with dinner dates like he shows up on time he picks me up like you know just he calls when he says he he will like he doesn't lie he is trustworthy just little things that like matter more than flattery that up until that point I had only received flattery and that was the band-aid for all of the broken behavior that these people were doing no substance yeah Mm -hmm. david is very full of substance i do enjoy even going out to dinner with him i do enjoy you know your partner as well so it's nice that he's a um, chill dude i have no chill sometimes david's too chilled for me like i'm sure i've like i think definitely at least one of our dinners like david's like we're never coming back here again with this no no no. he is dating me he has seen crazy and he has seen drunk and crazy and it's not even to say i think that he enjoys somebody who is um can hold their own and that's why we i I don't think that he ever shy he he also doesn't have any quiet friends like don't let him fool you he it's true yeah Uh, his music expect or his eclectic music taste also really highlights he's a big yeah he's not trying to be around like quiet (laughs) subdued people (laughs) he doesn't do that but yeah, I mean, have you and Dean, like, ever had to go to therapy even? Oh, um, I, we should have. And, that's, <laughs> and, like, I never really... I think one time we went to, like, a mental, like, a, a marriage counselor. I think for me... Um, Were you going to say mental counselor? Mental counselor. I'm like, this is me. I need to go to therapy so bad, you guys. You know, I'm, I am one of the biggest advocates for therapy ever. And it's not because I think people are broken. It's because I think where we come from shapes so much of who we are. And sometimes that's not always fabulous. 
Um, mm-hmm. So no, I have never been to couples therapy on a consistent basis at all. Um, I would definitely recommend it. I think that one big thing that Dean and I, um, that has helped our relationship is moving back in with my parents this year for coronavirus and doing, you know, all of that with my dad's age um, has been like a moment where we weren't necessarily in an environment where it was always romantic or fun. Um, so we spend like time together, like in the mornings, like I get up and he likes to be alone. So at oh my night, God. he hates more, Same. you guys, he doesn't want to say, literally <laughs> I woke up the other day. He's going to hate me for say this. It was like, he woke up at five 30 to study for his new Cisco exam. And I woke up like wondering where he was. And he's like, Whoa, why are you even awake? You need to go back to sleep. I was not expecting to see you until three hours from now. Like, please do not get up and bother me. Like I can't, like Done. he just can't do it in the morning. Um, but I, it, so instead I'm like, I've always used to feel so dejected in the morning. So I'm like, now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go sit with my mom and drink coffee and then I'll see you at 10 AM and we can watch the news together and you can be a decent person. Yeah. Um, so I also stop blaming my husband for being my husband. And I think like as women, I, it's just so easy to be like, oh my God, you're not doing this and you're not doing that. And I'm like, my husband works his tail off for mm-hmm. our family. Um, doesn't always have the best attitude about it, but I think that's also like the dichotomy of our cultures, like mm-hmm. British people is, and, and finding somebody from another culture, you guys, I'm telling you, it's hard. Like if you're dating abroad, please know that when you do get married to someone from a country that has not one value like yours, it's not rainbows and sun. Like Dean thought he was coming for a vacation to America, I think before he moved here. Mm-hmm. And then when he moved here, he's like, Oh my God, this is like really hard. You guys make this look so easy. <laughs> And it's not. I'm like, yes, it's not Yankee hats and Jay-Z, okay? It's no. like hard knock. Like, they don't call this a land of dreams for nothing. So, um, Because that's know, literally usually what you end up with. For all ex- dreams. Zero. Dreams. In your pocket. Zero. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, moving to Vegas is like, that's even more of like the land of n- nonsense. I'm like, yes, where the billionaires pull money out of thin air is mm-hmm. how it is around here. So just like teaching someone um, to value life's current state and me being okay with current state because... I was telling Cashin earlier, like, I think as millennials, we expect every year consistently to get better. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's well, not and, the case. And even I think with, like, let's just say the American dream, right? Like, you're really told in perpetuity growing up that you, you have to work your way up. And and that comes with the expectation that things are going to get better. Yeah. And whether that's with your personal life, with your work life, with your family life, like, who knows whatever that is. Like, it's supposed to increment incrementally get better. Yeah, you know, and, and I think so. I found more substance within that, but I think it's been harder to um, navigate because while it's better, like consistently better, like I we've never made more like Cash and I have never done so well financially. We've never um, been able to get to this point before this, but I can tell you that this was the hardest two years of my life, and and probably you could say the same. Like the uphill battle that was to get here is like, oh my God, we're doing so fabulous, better than we ever have, but that was seriously hard. Mm-hmm. And then not to be mad at your partner about that being hard. Yeah. That's like a thing, because mm-hmm. you're like not trying, you know, and, and coronavirus happened. I was very fortunate to have a husband who has a job that they still need through that. But I'm like, look at all the people who like weren't able to work and mm-hmm. that like is still a thing for so many people. Um, so I could, right now I can only feel so much pain for people going through the pandemic. I really feel bad, you know, and being cooped yeah. up at home. Like David's not back to the office yet, right? No. Um, he, they are going to be working from home indefinitely. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh my God. Cash and that just gave me goosebumps. 
Really? <laughs> yeah. For well, I guess yeah. Mm-hmm. Financially, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have admin at home. They don't need to, or yeah. to have marketing and all that because yeah. it's autonomy at its But finest. they can go, you know, if they need to go on property and, yeah. and do you know campaign work or capture content, they do. But they are working from home. Um, and it's, you know, it's a change, you know, even when we first moved in together, I think I had a big adjustment because I had romanticized living with him, um, in my mind for so long and it didn't happen. And when he was finally in my space, I was like, no, no, no you're in my space. And <laughs> it was really weird. And we just, moved, we just moved into a new, um, apartment, not, not triangle closet, not right. triangle closet, if you recall, but I had a really hard time, um, letting go of the things that were mine and starting like furniture right like I had a really hard time letting go of things because I'm so used to them being mine and now they were our things and I just was really struggling I was like wow I don't know why I'm having such like a weird and a hard time with this like I've wanted nothing more but then to buy a new towel a new couch and a new tv and like do all this stuff and when the time came I was like Oh no, it's oh, not mine. Yeah, but it's not mine. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know how I, I still don't know how I really feel about that. I think you know having some type of uh, or some semblance of independence is really important, um, especially when you're self-made. Like I think yeah. that's a really important part to highlight is that you know Cashin's worked her fingers to the bone very, for everything. Very independent has. in nature, yes. and so it's hard again when I have, and it's weird because I was so thirsty for David's validation. But that never came from financial support. I was just like, you need to acknowledge that I do things for you. But I didn't need him to like buy me stuff. And then now that we're living together, I'm like, oh no, you're what do I stuff. have? <laughs> and you're not giving me compliments. What's going on here? Like, what do I have? What do I have? You so. have you have a love language, and you have a lot of communication responsibility. And I mm-hmm. think that that's actually great because you guys don't really fight. Like me and no. Dean, me and Dean have like explosive personalities. And, like, I got we... in a big fight with David this morning. Oh, did you? Yes. I was did. it about something in the bathroom? It always is something bathroom. Um, it was not in the bathroom, <laughs> but it was about furniture. Okay, something, something had... fun. Okay, something fun. not so fun. <laughs> um, it was. It's ridiculous, but you know, it's always. It's never really what just happened. Is always because of something deeper. Um, you're like, and we will talk about this when we are home. Yeah. No, I'm just, I get it, girl. And it's, <clears throat> it's the sign of the times. You know, I don't think any of this is going to be easy. Like, I, and, then, and I think, like, a lot of people take so much out on their relationships when it's like, okay, without that person, would your life still be very hard? Mm-hmm. It's like that meme. It's like being fat's hard, being skinny's hard, being rich is hard, being, like, it's all hard. Choose your hard. And work at it because consistency is key in anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And no, I think the other statement that I have to people is no toxic relationships. Yeah. Like, like there's, there's the type of person who's just a disaster and that's fine. Um, As long as it's not hindering you. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that my husband works hard. I love that my husband, I never am like, does this man love me? Like, he has called me 94 times today. And, you know, it's (laughs) just the convention of our lives. So if you feel validated, great. Um, if you tell your partner that you don't feel validated and they do nothing to accommodate that, mm-hmm. uh, big thing. Yeah. Uh, and know, like, the signs. Because it's taken, you know, you a lot a lot of frogs. And it took me yeah. a lot of self-adjustment. Like, I had to self-adjust a lot. Well, and I think, too, there's also the added pressure and layer of a cultural expectation of, like, a woman should be married at a certain age. Yep. A woman should have kids at a certain age. Like, And it's never, never an indictment on the guy. Like, no one looks at David and goes, why aren't you married yet? They look at me and they're like, why haven't you been married yet? Like, why and I have kids? Yeah, and I get a lot of I get a lot of people who ask me that. Like, oh, when are you getting married? And I'm like, last time I checked, he has to ask. So ask him because I'm already married in my mind. We share a couch, didn't you hear? <laughs> that's, more, that's more serious than any marriage. 
sharing stuff. And that's what David said. He's like, honey, you think I'm with you because I think you're ugly and we share all this furniture together? And I, w- I told him, I'm like, if we break up, you have to bring her here because she, <laughs> she has to live with you us. Guys, I'm not giving up this couch. She's got, <laughs> you guys can live in the second bedroom. I don't care. But no one, I'm not doing anything until this lease is done. I love so. to see it. And I love to see that, you know, millennials have to work hard. Because I think, like, my mom's generation, they'll be like, oh, we're getting a divorce. I think millennials are a lot less apt to get married early, um, mm-hmm. that this generation below, um, but are also willing to be married a lot longer mm-hmm. for the problems that there are in life because it takes you so long to find a partner. So Yeah, and, and also I think normalizing um, that problems exist and that problems can be solved too. Yeah, instead and that of... your happiness is not interdependent upon your partner. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a lot that goes into the day-to-day, but like – if you can't start a business because your husband doesn't want you to, that's probably not going to change. So if your yeah. <laughs> dream is to be a businesswoman and your boyfriend just giving you nothing but grief about owning a business, like probably not the best matchup because at the end of the day, your vision's not the same. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate that Dean and David both definitely support our visions for ourselves and our, you know, yeah. lifestyles. Yeah. Um, and the kid thing too, like being on the same page with like, do you ever want kids and stuff? Like, don't let it go to the side because if you really don't want kids like I have a friend right now who's like going through a divorce because she was like I don't want kids and then her husband thought that that would change when they got married and it didn't so dumb so yeah but it's like a thing so just be more honest with yourself because it's better to be single and broke than married and broke let me just tell you yeah (laughs) Um, because then you know you really you're really like oh I have to love my partner like you mm-hmm. have to like there's not a day that goes by where I work where I wonder about that yeah that is very interesting too um being with partners because you choose to be and because it's a support system rather than one of convenience and so you know I always I never wanted a relationship that I had to this is gonna sound really bad I never wanted a relationship that I had to worry about because I always knew I wanted to focus 90% of my energy into work always totally and I have that now and it's not to say that David and I don't spend time together because we do obviously we live together um, and we make it a point to have date night and it's always great and fulfilling and meaningful conversation. Um, and we laugh and we like just have a good time. But at the end of the day, I'm always consumed with something other than my relationship because my relationship doesn't give me a lot of problems. Yeah. And so that's the way that I've always wanted it instead of somebody who's insecure or like being annoying or like making me mad or like making me insecure, you know, or something like that. It, it There's a lot of freedom in being with the right person, too. Oh, yeah. And even Definitely. my Nana's mortified every day. She's like, you don't cook dinner for David? Oh. I go, I don't even cook dinner for me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen his meat and pan trick? Oh, <laughs> Taylor. He doesn't Taylor ever need is, anyone Taylor to cook for him. Taylor loves to experience with cookbooks and cooking, and it's like a I big love part it. of her household. I and David it. and I are, like, heating up meal prep meals, like – he'll he'll make a steak and that's really where he likes to focus his energy these weekends but i'm just like i like my coffee and i like my food pre-made like i I hate cooking into it too and i think that's like a great part of it like dean could never not have a hot meal for dinner but the good thing about (laughs) dean is that he will actually help so i think like that's another thing is like cooking was so important to him he's like oh you know what you've been at work all day i'll cook yeah like the exchange what is my sister my sister's a psychologist and she calls it um oh the division of labor Mm -hmm. um and how a lot of women have a lot of personal responsibility with the labor in a house like regardless of what you think we're very as american women conditioned for this like poly molly thing yeah this Um, is exactly why we got in a fight this mm -hmm, morning mm -hmm. (laughs) and i think that you know them having the responsibility of some sort of labor or some sort of division of labor without the expectation of like i go to work and pay the bills and you take out you know the trash and watch the kids like that wasn't gonna happen for me so like Dean does have to cook. Dean does make me beautiful meals. Um, and and my parents like don't forget. I also have a partner who 
has been fabulous enough to say, yes, we can move in with your parents and help take care of them through older age because my parents had me very late and his parents are like 50 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a very different um, experience. And I think like the key to any love language, if you decide to do this book or, you know, you're thinking about marrying somebody or whatever, um, make sure that the compromise portion of what you're not getting makes you feel as good as what you get when you get something you want. Yeah, absolutely. It's a hardcore thing and and you're constantly self-adjusting and Mm -hmm. you might be self-adjusting with somebody who does not have the patience for that. Yeah. Like David, <laughs> yeah. David and Dean definitely like have the patience for us to be better. I know relationships yeah. where like men don't have the patience well, for like and, a girl to gain 10 pounds and vice versa. I mean, you know, I think David is so funny. He addresses every like holiday card or anniversary card. Like, thank you for dealing with me. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever met David, this is probably the funniest thing you've ever heard. Um, my mom was like, why does he say that? Like, shouldn't that be you saying that? And I'm like, no, because surprisingly I'm always right when I'm mad. Like I do not start fights just to start fights. I'm not not somebody who endorses crazy behavior. I really don't like it. So if I'm mad about something, it has a very valid point and he always respects that. So it's just like, even if he doesn't agree with me, he's like, I appreciate you for like feeling so strongly that you needed to bring into my opinion. I appreciate But also that he appreciates that I stand my ground because for example, we have not, we've only been in our new place for about a month and we've had to get new furniture and whatnot, but we're still missing quite a few pieces and we have two very different tastes in styles oh I've been tirelessly looking at things I'm like it gives me a lot of anxiety to have an unfinished house like I don't like that we're it just looks crazy to me like I don't like it I haven't had anybody over I really don't it makes because it, it it feels like it's a reflection on me and he's just like yeah I like it yeah I don't like it and, but not presenting he's like why do we need a kitchen table again Taylor, yeah. Oh my god, if you guys could it. see my eyes right now, it's because they're wide, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. That's pretty much the gist. It's too. It's it's because he's so relaxed about it, and you're like, no, he's no, like, listen, this fine. is like supposed well, to be perfect. Well, it gets better because I told him like I want to get new bar stools, and we need to, uh, an accent chair. Like, there's nowhere for people to sit, not even us in our own home, he's except like, for on the couch. What and do you he goes, mean? he invited people over to watch the UFC fight this weekend Mm. and it's only two of our very dear friends and I didn't ask me just told me this morning don't tell me anything in the morning before any coffee and I just lost it I'm like you know that I'm crazy about the house right now and now I have to be crazy about you didn't have his friends over you're like not even our friends are allowed here yeah and he was like well they're our friends they don't care and I was like you have no standards of hosting and I do. And I'm mad you didn't, like, consult me. And the deeper issue is that I feel like I've been trying to get this uh, apartment furnished. And he's not. He's only telling me yes or no. He's not actually pulling the trigger on, like, purchasing any of these items. Or, like, be presenting. so thankful for that later. Because he would buy you a chair you hate. And then he'd be like, okay, we're keeping this chair now. And he'd be like, that's your chair when you leave here. Yeah. Take it with you. <laughs> and it's going to the other room. That's Goodbye. only a you chair. No. And so instead of coming up with a, an alternative chair or bar stools, it's just forgotten about and you're inviting people over and we have nowhere for them to sit and we look like crazy people because mm-hmm. yeah i'm the standard of expectation of what is complete and what is not to he's like we got all of our stuff from the other apartment in here we're done yeah we're done but i just you know whatever not to make this like a really crazy <laughs> thing but i guess the deeper rooted issue as to why i was mad and i went back home to be mad explanatory of why i was still mad and why he needed to see that point is that it's not of course, he doesn't. It doesn't concern him at all that his things are a reflection on his person. No, but it is to me. Like you, if I went to, if you went to a woman's house and she looked, she lived like a slob. It would be criminal. 
You'd yes, be like, ew, there's I, something I, to be said about that. I also that. know something about your personality with even, like, how you present yourself physically. Like, Cashin, very rarely do you have one hair out of place. And then mm-hmm. whenever you come to work without makeup on, like, you're like, please forgive, like, that I don't, like, you're like, don't even look at me, I can't. Under um, the world. So that's the thing, though. I think, like, the concept of perfectionism in life is definitely always, we were talking about this earlier, I'm like, that's the concept of perfectionism, and it's daunting. Because no one can be perfect, and no one can ever, I'm just so happy that David has the patience for you. Yeah, but hard. at the end of the day, it's like, get the bar stool. We're talking about bar stools and an accent chair. David, and I'm the criminal. If you're listening, you need to go on crateandbarrel.com and you need to be buying these <laughs> bar stools immediately. Out. They're already picked out. I just, it's just the fact that it means so much to me. And then he was like, you're really overreacting. And then, then dun, I started dun, to really react. Dun. You're like, you I... want to see overreaction? Let me give you nuclear bomb. Which I hate that. <laughs> also, if there's something that bothers your partner, Please don't ever minimize it because they're already pissed. Like, let's just not even go there. Girl. Okay. That's like the worst you could do ever. And even when you're mad, don't say it. I learned in marriage, like, (laughs) even when it would feel so good to say, just like, don't. Because it's just not going to make it better. I promise it's not going to make it better. Um, but I'm, I'm actually really excited that we got to talk about this. How are you guys doing? And, um, since your partner and you, your partner loves money. What's going on with money lately? (laughs) What's happening? Um, we're going to get, well, I guess another thing that David really, um, talks to me a lot about is stocks and he consumes a lot of stock literature via like YouTube TV mm-hmm. or he listens to podcasts. He reads a lot of articles like every day he's consuming something that has to do with the stock market and then um, getting some insights into what good buys would be. He has got a, he's got a group chat with his friends and they talk about this a lot. So he and I are very funny about money because I am, he wants to save and he's very like, frugal like he's not a cheap person by any means but he's never going to go out of his way to spend lavishly super saver yeah um but i'm kind of like that too but he has more um uh dispensable or disposable thank you i was like dispensable income (laughs) same thing disposable income to put into the stock market because he doesn't have to pay for hair extensions and makeup monthly so um got the t-shirt yeah so what where he has like several thousand in uh the stock market i have um $1,400. $1,400. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. If I could, and your hair. If I sold my hair on the black market or anybody who's interested, we're talking about a couple thousand dollars over the past couple of years. Okay. But, I'm okay with it because I think for me, um, it's like interesting that you're like, all of his disposable income goes to um, stocks, but also David's, But not these bar stools. But David's, exactly. Cause he, and that's it's why I'm mad. Um, but David has also very like happy hobbies that have no money really beyond gear like he oh, rides guys, bikes yeah, all the time he loves to ride bikes. and like that doesn't really cost money you pass your bike in your shorts no. like at a certain point the investment of biking just kind of takes care of itself yeah so i'm like he's even chosen like very fun like activities that don't cost which is like hiking my husband biking. did not get this memo my yeah. husband <laughs> buys whole apple stores if allowed so oh, because Dean loves to mine. Uh, Dean loves to do lots of things. That's been a recent experience with cryptocurrency. I also think um, that buying... So before all of that, it was um, Cisco, like mm-hmm. all these servers, and I won't bore you to death with it, but it's basically like, you know, how the internet operates between internet locations. Um, and I think we owned a whole, like, Rob Roy switch in our Collindale home. Like, yeah. I like literally, like... 
at our last house, I think we had like two or three towers Wait, just full you of told things. Me, I was crying laughing. You were like, he, my husband unplugged the dryer to plug in yeah, one he of did. his mine. Yeah, you know how the dryer has like the 210 volt like thing? And then he's just like plugging in this electrical equipment because he doesn't have like this. And I'm like, this is getting too much. It's just getting too much. Like I have to like always ban him because it's just getting too much. So while your, hus- while your boyfriend's over here heavily investing his extremely dispensable income, not riding a bike into that, mine is buying whole like circuit cities yeah so, but that's great because they're both, yeah hopefully <laughs> i'm like i hope i hope the investment pays off it's just that's been like really weird too because i don't buy a lot of stuff like mm-hmm. even in my makeup bag cash in it's so sad i'm a professional makeup artist like my makeup bag costs thousands of dollars uh professionally but if you would ask me if what i own in that bag is like four things like i just yeah also don't have this concept of like daily income that I guess a business teaches you kind of like not yeah I think you know again I think having a, a strong understanding of um being financially compatible with your partner too because I think that's also where David and I get disconnected sometimes I'm like no no, no. I just want to have it all now so we don't have to buy it later and he's like but let's we mull it over this with our our Nokia benefits <laughs> yeah. in six months I get yeah it. and so you know I think that um that portion of that is kind of funny to me because he also doesn't have the same concept of like currency that mm-hmm. I do and you and I also have very different ideas of that I mm-hmm. think I'm the least relaxed when it comes to money because I've never had it I've always been around it but it was never mine and it was always reminded that it was never mine and so I'm a psycho about saving but I'm also like I don't even know that I would change if I had money. I'd be like the I can't part with one at once. I'd be Scrooge, Scrooge this with the penny vault. Be a whole topic. I just can't even wait to talk about it because we always get back here and I'm like, there's a difference between survival mode mm-hmm. and sustain mode. Mm-hmm. And I've only ever known you in sustain mode for one year. Like mm-hmm. I've only ever known you to like make us, you know, be in the apartment you want to be in, have the car that you want to have, and do all of that in like the last year. And I think. A lot of people forget like the trauma they face from get to get there because it's like oh I worked I worked I worked and I finally got it and then you forget that that's the reward like it's still a very adult lifestyle like it's still bills at the end that you're rewarded with like you know and that's like <laughs> the reward like, is you bills. get yeah. to still pay, pay bills uh-huh. yeah. and that's why uh-huh. when, uh, I really want to do a podcast about the concepts of survival versus sustain or success mm-hmm. Um, because I, we, very long ago, Cashin brought up a very good point that I ask everybody I know, what is your perfect number? Like, what is the number that you would have to make every single month, year, date? And it's so interesting to me because that answer for everyone is so different. Like, mm-hmm. Cashin has always said, like, a decent salary and ownership. And that's been the trajectory that we've always been on. Um, for me, I'm like, how much money can I actually not have in my bank account? I'm like, how much money will they let me buy on crypto on these? Like, <laughs> like literally, if I had $10 in my bank account, I would be like, this has to go. Mm-hmm. So it's just um, a difference of I never, like my parents were never wealthy. Like I wanted them to be so bad. Don't get me wrong. I really did. Oh, same. Um, but I think that for me being around extreme wealth and then not having extreme wealth was always like, well, I don't ever think I can really get wealthy. Because, like, there was just, like, this 
Like there was no chart. Oh no, there's a to cliff. Be a fertita. There's a cliff, and then you um they took the ladder to get there, and they said yes. we're only going to talk to each other on the on this side of the Correct. cliff. And everybody who was at the success level that I was participating was also like 300 years old. Like mm-hmm. everybody's 82 who I know and talk to. Like my uncle, my dad. Like everybody is like, at least a solid 55 years older. Um, so I really do think it's going to be fun to do a topic about the concepts between survival and success and how we can live in between mm-hmm. because I think. We have lived a defer attitude, or like a yeah. do it later, make a lot of money later. Like that's how and you how that really go. also plays into being, you know, at our age right now, and trying to also hit all of those milestones that like you think you should be hitting, while also saving, while also trying to explore investments in you know a plethora of ways. Like it, it really does shape who you are and who you're going to be. Um, I dated a guy who told me, like, if you don't make money at 30, you will never make money. Oh, well. Well, thank God we make money. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it, it was more of a testament to himself because he did not, he had not made money at the time until he was 30. But I thought it was interesting that that was his, like, marker in his mind. And it's, and like, it, relative. Like, I'm like, it's relative. Money. But exactly, right? So it's relative. So we're excited to talk about that topic with you next time. Um, yes. You know, moral of the story is, you guys, like, if you are struggling with different communication styles with your partner, I think, last Taylor said, like, she stopped punishing her husband. Like, I, too, have been in the position where I punish somebody for not being exactly what I wanted. And I've seen that in other people. And I've had that done to me. And so to really meet people where they are and also people can can only meet you where they met themselves. Yeah. Like if you are a super emotionally intelligent person and you are dealing with somebody who is not, you either have the patience to endure and to teach, teach them that book or yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, you or you got to dodge. And you have a partner who's either, who's also willing to hear that cuz like Dean doesn't come from a like emotionally intelligent culture in my opinion like they're very mentally intelligent but like Mm -hmm. the concept of how they expressing feelings all of it it's very difficult especially in america because we all want goodies and gumdrops and rainbows and like it's a it's you know a episode of the teletubbies as he says every day around here but Mm -hmm. it's really also how much your partner is willing to work on that Mm -hmm. and not like change everything about themselves but like do you guys read books together are you guys interested in growing together because getting married young Oh my God, I'm so glad I'm not the girl I was at 23. Mm-hmm. Also very happy that I have a partner who's allowed me to be the 30-year-old Taylor that I know and love today. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, thank goodness he's like, oh my gosh, grown up so much. He went to go work for Apple. He went. I mean, he's worked for the Red Cross. He's worked for Philip. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's just he's done He's been it. able to explore like his interests and be able to grow as a person as well. And I think that's yeah. really important. Um, autonomy in my relationship is also very important and I think that's really the the key link in David and I's relationship because we're both very autonomous people yep so you know not that we live separate lives but girl if I'm done after work and I want to go watch Real Housewives of Keep I will not be home until 9 p.m. and don't call me period and I feel like David loves that oh loves it kill me but I you know and 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 I know that about him I'm like I would never not invite him to go watch Real Housewives he doesn't want to be like alone I I bet you he would though no no he doesn't he likes to be at home and watch his UFC yeah I was saying Dean Dean would oh Dean can come whenever he wants Dean's favorite show our whole dating life was the Kardashians so I'm like he would happily come watch this with you and he puts it on our Plex server too he he has the Real Housewives for you on there. So I'm like, I feel like it's a kindred thing. It's um, so funny, you guys. Yeah, we just, you know, hey, listen, if you have different love styles or love languages, 
check work out the book. through it. Check out the book, um, but also like get your mind right. It's never been more visible. Mental health or going to therapy has never been healthier or more oh, yeah. encouraged. It's so important to really understand who you are because, as Taylor highlighted at the top of this episode, love languages is not unique to or not specific to your romantic partner. It no. really does shape the way you communicate with your colleagues, how you communicate with um, how you're interpreting the world and what's happening to you, how you talk to yourself. Um, those things are really important too, you know? So, and make sure you're always exploring that. I think um, the one thing I love so much about this podcast is that we're really asking you guys or imploring you guys to kind of be going on this experience with us. Mm -hmm. I'll be excited when we do interviews again in the next, like, I think I'll, I'll feel comfortable weeks, like yeah. with my third track included. <laughs> like I gotta because it's like one and two tracks, so I gotta like get my third track going um, next in the next couple weeks. Because I really do want to like I love that we get to have these open conversations. I always tell Cash and I feel like we're at brunch just having a conversation, mm -hmm. and then everybody tells us how much they love it. So mm -hmm. if you guys have a topic that you want us to talk about, um, if you guys have a financial topic specifically, mm -hmm. that's something where I feel like Cash and I will always be able to tell you how we feel about stuff. But mm -hmm. sometimes we do have to prepare yeah. for these things. I'm like, I don't run a, yeah. I don't run CNN Finance, I promise. We, we will be talking about finances for the next topic. So if you know Taylor, you know myself, and if you don't and you just want to drop like any type of topic, send it over to the DR Instagram. Yes, LMK. Mm -hmm. D-Rose Beauty Refinery is our business Instagram handle, and it's spelled D-E-U-X-R-O-S-E beauty refinery um let us know we got a lot of feedback so we will be covering some of those submissions next week along with our topic of how we feel about, feel about money how taylor's yeah. like get out of my hand and i'm like get more in my hand and then i can't spend it so let's see and and we're even gonna um, i'm gonna look at my finances today and see what i spend too much money on i've not done this in oh a I, year. I can't look at my bank account okay. until payday i get really stressed <laughs> I, and by the way you guys i have no reason to be like i i'm okay i just if I if I have X amount of dollars in my bank account, it has to stay that way until the next payday. Oh I can't God. look at it. Girl, you are wild. Okay, Crazy. well this wraps up our last our, our last episode or our last couple minutes or our last second. I don't even know how to do it on. Okay, you guys. What's thank you so outro? much for tuning in to the Rose Room. <laughs> Please like, subscribe, share, comment, rate, review, whatever on this podcast. It really does help our readings. It really does help us. Uh, it helps support the show. Um, you know, we go live every single Wednesday. And on Wednesdays, we, we drink, drink pink. pink.